welcome to episode 32 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast, August 2021. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales, glad to be with you for another episode. This is your first time joining me. The Classical Guitar Composers Podcast is a show that features original classical guitar compositions from around the globe, and it works as simply as you record your piece, send me an mp3 of the piece, I feature it on the show. All it has to do is feature classical guitar. And if you missed the previous episode, I highly suggest going back and listening to that. I had on guest Christian Heim from Norway, who is a luther and composer and guitarist, and I thought it was a really interesting conversation, and I I really enjoyed talking to Christian. And it also became the catalyst for a lifestyle change for me, because in that discussion, I was talking about just the limited practice time and how it's unfortunate, but that is just the way it is for me these days. But it actually, it got the wheels turning. I don't like the words, I don't have time to practice coming out of my mouth. I sound like a bad student. (laughs) So I've started doing something that I did a few years ago where I get up early before I go to work to practice guitar. And it's what I was doing when I recorded the American Suite So this was really a few years before I started this podcast, but it was a great way to go. It was a good solution. I'd get up early and, you know, the house was quiet and I am kind of a morning person. I'm really the best time of day for me to play is like pretty soon after I get up Uh, because as the day goes on, I... I get mental distractions. I start, like, thinking about anything you can, you know, everything that just comes by in a day. I I tried doing the practice after work thing. I get home from work. I have this designated time. I have tried everything. The problem I run into is if I don't practice in the morning, I'm just too distracted while I practice. I can't focus. Uh, I have a hard time really getting into it and enjoying it. I also seem to get gassed faster. And so doing this early in the morning thing is something I did for a while, but then I stopped because I got tired of getting up so early. But what I'm doing differently this time is is something I've never tried. And really the whole reason I want to talk about it on the show. I know we all have different practice routines, and some of you probably love yours, but there might be some of you out there like myself who are still trying to figure it out post-college years and you know if you didn't go into a career in classical guitar something or other it can be difficult to find where that fits into your life for me it's a must if I don't practice guitar I, I actually get quite depressed and I have found when I get like regular practices in I'm more functional throughout the day It's kind of funny because, like, growing up, I played electric guitar, and, you know, my parents never had to tell me to practice guitar. I never put it down. You know, I was the dude who was just always playing, all the time, to the dismay of friends and family at times. (laughs) Like, could you shut up for a second? I'm really kind of still that way. But what I didn't do growing up, you know, when I was playing, like, you know, just electric guitar and stuff was like structured practices. I didn't have like a scale routine that was followed by this and that, you know, and now I 
you know, in college I developed a, an actual practice routine rather than just constantly playing. And then that routine has evolved over the years. Anyway, what I've been doing now, because even though I'm getting up early and practicing every day before work, it's still a limited time. I mean, I'm not going to be getting up at three. <laughs> so I generally have time to do my technique and then work on one to two pieces. And what I did was I printed out, I, I made like a grid with a left-hand column where I list the pieces I'm currently working on and then it's just a whole grid of squares going to the right. So for example I'm working on Villalobos etude number five. When I do a nice full practice on etude number five it gets a little x in one of the boxes. And this way I'm keeping track of what piece to work on because it just seems to be the way my brain works. Like uh, I tend to want to work on too many pieces and then don't really get very far on any of them sometimes. This way I'm I'm making sure and getting a pretty even and thorough practice on all the pieces. I don't feel the need to jump off a piece that needs more attention because I can get the next piece tomorrow. Now it's not as ideal as the way I practiced back when I was in college where <laughs> I would practice all my repertoire in a day but that's just not in the cards. This is so much better than what I've been doing before and I still haven't got to the point. The point is, is I have made a slot for composition. Two slots actually because I have two different pieces in the works. This is something I've never done before. Composition's always been a thing that happens when I feel inspired and it, I, I've never designated a time to compose. I don't think I've ever done that. And I've certainly never put it in like the list of pieces I'm working on. So now I have two different pieces in the works and when I get to that one on the list I spend my entire practice time just working on a piece. And at first I was like I don't know if this is worth it because it took me a while to get things moving. As I've said on the last I don't know how many episodes. I'm sure I've brought it up, but I've had a hard time keeping the composition going as of late. Had a bit of writer's block. This just sort of forces me to get through it, and it's actually been making the wheels turn. And if at the end of... And there, there's been this. I've had days where it's composition day. I come out with just some edited measures. I didn't really add anything to the piece I'm working on, but there's been other days where the valve has opened and it's really moving. So I thought I would share that with all of you because it's actually, I'm ecstatic about it. This might be the first time really in my compositional life where I have actually incorporated a a routine for composing and not just relied on coming up with ideas randomly and, and and I mean that's worked for me but I could be wrong but it feels like my output should be increasing and so I have a uh, a theme and variations I'm doing which is really coming along like we're you know it's coming along very nicely I don't want to say it's near the end because 
I, I'm a, I've been so far going at a pace where I'm writing about one variation per day that I work on this, which is a really nice pace to be going, honestly. So it's coming along, but you know, there's lots of days that go by between. The other, I've returned to working on a guitar concerto I started a few years ago, and that is the one that I tend to just sit and tweak and edit and not make a lot of progress on so far. But every time I sit down, I either, you know, worst case scenario is I just realize that something I've already written is just not going to work, and it's like back to the drawing board. But this is so, this is getting so much more attention than it has ever since I first came up with the idea wrote down a whole bunch of stuff and then kind of lost focus and then it's always very hard to return to a piece you haven't looked at for a long time at least for me where you were running into like problematic areas where you needed to like solve a problem in order to get the rest of this piece finished like first I have to figure out this thing that isn't working hopefully uh, this will start to tear down some of those barriers so, if you're like me, and have limited practice time, it's something I recommend, especially if you're a composer, I recommend slotting this composition time into your routine, however, however it may work for you. It has really given me an uplift in mood lately, because it's very depressing to host a podcast that's all about guitar composition and yet be completely stuck and having no compositions in the works that are actually moving at least and I would say even if you don't host a podcast about composition if you are a composer and you're not composing I know you feel that void so if that sounds like something that can work for you I highly recommend trying it and I hope it does and I hope it results in more show, more pieces featured on this show. I'm certainly looking forward to when I get to reveal a new composition for all of you. It's been a little while now for me. Be a little while longer first. Once the piece is finished, then it's getting it in my fingers and recorded. So, thanks again, Christian Heim, for coming on my show and being the catalyst to start something new and exciting for me. Aside from that, the interview was fantastic anyway. And I have uh, teased a little bit about having a, a friend of mine on this show coming up uh, who's also a luthier. And that's still the plan, but I haven't talked to him. We were going to do it in August, but I didn't reach out to him this month because I didn't really want to do like two back-to-back -back luthier shows. But we'll get him on soon. I, I need to talk to him, but we'll get him on you know, probably this fall sometime. Speaking of fall, fall means two things for me. It's hunting season and it's horror movie season. What more does a guy need? So I've seen a few horror movies lately and I want to react to them. As you all know, I love me some horror. I have been getting frustrated with just not seeing anything good <laughs> recently with horror. I feel like everything I watch that that's new, I don't like. So I felt that the stronger movies of late 
have been like horror comedies, things like um, Ready or Not, Come to Mind, uh, Little Evil, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. These, you know, movies, I'm talking movies to have come out in like the last five years or so. I haven't really seen a lot of just good straight up horror. I've been largely disappointed. But so expecting like, you know, horror comedies to stay good, we... We saw that movie Werewolves Within in the theater, and I thought it was garbage. I was very disappointed. I did not like Werewolves Within. Online, I had noticed um, an article claiming that all these people were watching this movie called Girl on the Third Floor on Netflix, and saying it was so incredibly scary. I gave that movie a try, and I thought it was okay. I was largely bored for quite a while. Although, you know, I gotta actually admit, that one grew on me throughout. But it, but I didn't think it was great, and I didn't think it was scary. And that was really the big sell on it, was that it was so scary. But I didn't, I didn't really like it. You know, I didn't hate it, but I didn't really like it. Uh, let's see. I did recently, uh, my wife and I, we started those Fear Streets on Netflix. Now, we've watched the first two of three, so I'm giving like a, a mid-reaction here because the three very much are a trilogy that, that go together here, but the first one had things I liked about it in that I never really knew where the movie was going. You know, it kind of kept surprising me at every turn, and I enjoyed the 90s setting. For me personally, it's a very nostalgic time <laughs> so I enjoyed watching a movie set in the 90s and it it had some like good 90s style horror things about it you know like they kind of did a little bit of a scream tribute but I thought they did it well without just just mimicking it and then the second one taking place in the 70s was styled very much in the vein of movies that I love like Friday the 13th and the second one I really liked so first one overall I thought was okay I didn't didn't love it but there was things I liked about it the second one I I liked a lot so I'll watch the third one hopefully it's good and then I'm really excited for Halloween Kills to come out looking forward to that I'll probably go see that in the theater Candyman looks like it could be interesting I believe that just came out I might see that at some point. I do like the old Candyman, but not my favorite. I never saw the sequels. Anyway, there's a little bit of little bit of the horror that's been on my mind. Did not like Werewolves Within, so it, that's if if you can take anything out of what I just said, it's that. I don't recommend it. You might like it though. My my friend Jeremy loved it. Maybe when I have him on again, we can argue about it. Hey, let's do some email and get on to today's music. So this was kind of a fun email. <laughs> this came to me from a guy named Alan McDermott. He writes, Hi Chris, I found your podcast last night by searching Spotify for classical guitar Grateful Dead. <laughs> well, the talking part was sort of offhand, but actually contained a lot of somewhat random useful tidbits, including your love for the Grateful Dead. Real quick, that's a good description of the show, I think. 
some random useful tidbits, including love for the Grateful Dead. That's pretty accurate. Anyway, he continues. The music by Etienne de Laveau was quite enjoyable indeed. I will certainly tune in and listen to more episodes, but that's not why I am writing. What I was curious about was if you knew of any classical guitar arrangements for Grateful Dead songs. And if not, perhaps you or some of your listeners or contacts might want to give it a shot. A short piece, such as Rosemary, which I love to pieces, might be a candidate. Or, as you intimated in episode 30, there are a couple hundred other potential great songs to choose from. I would love to hear it and possibly even play it. I would describe my classical ability as definitely questionable, although I do fingerpick a lot of their songs on my classical, basically by the chords. Well, thanks for the show. Peace and love. Alan McDermott, Columbia, South Carolina. So what was so intriguing about this email for me was (laughs) he specifically mentioned he thought Rosemary, Grateful Dead song, would make a great classical guitar piece. And as I replied to Alan, so did I, and that's why I arranged it a few years ago. (laughs) I did a tremolo version of Rosemary, and... I, I, what I did was I, I wrote it out and then I I got it on the finale and then I printed it off and worked on it some more so and being a tremolo piece I you know I just didn't stick with it very hard I kind of got bored with my own arrangement <laughs> practicing also was before I was getting up early and getting a better practice routine so it kind of fell away and I never recorded it and I never really finished uh, the tweaks I actually told Scott Niebauer about it as well, but never did get back around to updating it. So, but with the Alan specifically asking for this song, I went and dug it out and found it. And I, I even, uh, I played a little bit. I, you know, I made a video of me playing like, I don't know, the first 30 seconds of it or so just to kind of show him what I had done with it. But now I am also feeling inspired to finish this rosemary and actually record it and unfortunately i don't think i would put it on the show because arrangements really aren't something i'm wanting to get into i i'm looking more for original composition it's funny that we both thought that song was a perfect candidate and so what i think i'm going to do is when i finish that theme and variations that i'm working on i will then refill that slot with Rosemary and finish that out, get it recorded. And when I get that recorded and finished, uh, Alan, you will get a copy and I will also send one to Scott Niebauer, my fellow deadheads. Alan also wrote in a follow-up email, I listened to the Christian Heim interview. It was quite enjoyable. Interesting comment about classical guitar music being for a niche audience. I'm so grateful that I was introduced through my classical study to Soar, Albanese, Leo Brower, the Lute Suite, and all of the Bach repertoire, and much, much more. Most particularly, I was completely unaware of Rodrigo and the Concerto de Aranjuez. I might have died having never heard it. It is a fascinating and wonderful niche. And I watched the first episode of Louder Milk. Haha, <laughs> fun stuff. Peace, Alan McDermott. I still haven't gotten around to louder milk, but what a sad thought having gone your whole life and dying 
having never heard the Rodrigo Concerto. Now, I would say the same thing for the Tedesco Concerto. Both incredible D major guitar concertos. But yeah, I it's funny, classical guitar is such a niche thing, but I really think it is the most beautiful instrument in the world. So yeah, thank you, Alan. I appreciate the email, and thanks for listening to the show. I hope you continue to enjoy it. Speaking of Rosemary, it is a wonderful song. I also love it to pieces. And, you know, that that album, I believe it's <laughs> Oxoa Moxoa. I've never been quite sure how to pronounce the album, but you, you know the album. That's a really great album, and I, I've always been a little... I've always wondered why the dead didn't play more of it live. Like, I, I don't know if, I think I've, I might have one live recording of Rosemary that's, you know, it's from the sixties, you know, it didn't stick in their concerts for very long and neither did like songs like mountains of the moon from that album, which is just such an incredible song. And I've never understood why, uh, it's a very psychedelic album, and I never felt like the Grateful Dead definitely evol evolved, but I n never felt like they were trying to pull away from that psychedelic era. But, you know, the only one that really stuck from that album, at least that I can think of off the top of my head, is St. Stephen. And the whole album's really good. I have one uh, recording from the 80s, really good concert. Uh, it was called Dozen at the Nick, is the name of the release but they they throw in Dupree's Diamond Blues and the way that song sounds in the Brent Midland era is so awesome because it sounds like just that I, I just love the way the Grateful Dead sounded at that time and you just didn't hear a lot of those old psychedelic songs during that era I wished there was more of that that is a great concert Anyway, thanks for the email. I could easily I could easily do a Grateful Dead discussion podcast, but that's not what the show is. So probably leave it at that. <laughs> okay, and then real quick before we get to the music, I've had some emails come in from Martin Slater. I haven't even opened these yet, so I'm just going to dive in cold. This is just titled, A Short Update. Chris. My main activity this month was to write two extensive concert reviews for those I mentioned previously. Been doing a deal more running lately, too. The main musical event has been the purchase of the latest MacBook Air laptop, plus the download of the free version of the Sibelius Notation software. This is a concerted attempt to kickstart my creativity, barring not too many more demands on my time from my daughter. <laughs> time management is the ordeal of the day between this, football, and another concert review on the 11th of September. Martin. Well, that's the topic of the day, Martin. <laughs> uh, the running's fantastic. You know what? I'm glad to hear that. I, I'd like to see more people trying to get healthy right now. So good for you on that, Martin. And awesome. Of about the the MacBook and Sibelius. I hope that does kickstart creativity. I've never used Sibelius. I'm a Finale guy, but I recently had to use MuseScore, 
for something at work, and I was, I believe Musicore is something close to Sibelius, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I thought it was pretty easy once, once I got the, once I adjusted to the differences from what I'm used to, but yeah, Martin, I really, I hope that does kickstart some things. And then a second one came in. Martin writes, Chris, I remember you said you had not heard of Gary. Well, one of his compositions is called Scenes from the Wild West, which features six pieces which are certainly worth a listen, particularly for someone who lives in the western U.S. He has recorded them on his CD, Worlds Apart, and Martin provides the website. All the best, Martin. Yeah. Thank you, Martin. Uh, that sounds similar to my American Suite. So I'm going to definitely check that out. I'm assuming you enjoyed the concert, Martin, and also, I'd be curious to read your review, if you'd be interested in sharing that. So very cool. Thank you, Martin. Okay, and now is the point in the podcast where I highly recommend pausing, refilling your iced tea, or whatever it is that you like to enjoy in tandem with some fantastic guitar music. I'm excited about today's music because this features an ensemble that I love, flute and guitar, which I don't believe we've had featured on this show yet. So, this comes to us from Jared Stephen Coffin, who is a concert music composer based in St. Paul, Minnesota. And Jared writes, Hi Chris, I've recently found the podcast, though I don't recall how anymore, but happy I did and have been really enjoying listening to the past episodes of the show. Not through all of them yet, but it's cool to see the different styles and approaches composers take with the classical guitar. I also want to express my appreciation for taking on this kind of undertaking. It's great to see a platform for guitar composers with no criticism, gatekeeping, or stylistic constraints. The guitar and composition communities are better for it. I studied classical guitar in my undergrad, and I'm ultimately a pretty poor classical guitar player, but I have a deep love for the instrument and love to see new music written for it and see it put in new chamber music situations. That is why I've gravitated toward writing guitar plus music, and it is a little less intimidating than writing for solo guitar. Even as a guitarist, I am reluctant. I hope to have a finished and recorded solo guitar piece this fall. I am sharing two pieces with you today. Both are premiere recordings and are decent as far as premiere recordings are concerned. Number one, Winter Chickadee for flute and guitar, featuring Megan Reich on flute and Nikola Korovlev guitar. I apologize to the guitarist. I'm sure I'm not getting that name correct. The second is Sidera Lumen for chorus and guitar, commissioned and premiered by the Minneapolis Madrigal Singers with Nikola on guitar again. P.S. I love Letter Kenny. Just listen to that podcast. And I will say that it is not too far off from people I know around Minnesota, so I'm guessing Canada is like that too. Ha. Alright, thank you, Jared. I'm looking forward to these. And uh Yeah. I'm still really enjoying that show when I when I get one in here and there. So very cool. There's something else you said that I wanted to Oh, um, I agree that it is less intimidating to write for guitar ensembles, guitar plus music as you put it. There is something, even as a guitarist, that is difficult about writing a solo guitar piece. 
I think for me, it's a balance of trying to utilize the instrument, what it can do that others can't without sounding like pop music for me. <laughs> a lot of what the guitar is unique for is used so prevalent prevalently in pop music, I think. And that's where I get hung up. It's also just a hard instrument to write for. I mean, it really is. Because with all that it can do, there's so much it also can't do, and you have to find solutions around them. It's kind of part of the fun of recording, though, I think. Or, I mean, composing for it. So, with that being said, uh, I will provide a link to Jared's website, uh, classicalguitarcomposers.com. If you want to just go off memory, it is jaredscoffin.com. And here is Winter Chickadee and Sidera Lumen.
All right, and there it is. We've just heard two pieces from Jared Coffin, Winter Chickadee, and Sidera Lumen. Thank you, Jared. That's much appreciated. And check out Jared's website, jaredscoffin.com. You can look on classicalguitarcomposers.com as well for that link. So that's the show for today. Thank you all for tuning in. I've already got music in the shoot for September. And remember, if you'd like to hear your piece on the show, just send an mp3 recording to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. And until then, keep on plucking.